worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All the TV's going, they got the games on, and this is like the best place to watch it, you know? If you want to see a lot of games and you don't have subscriptions to every single thing there is these days to watch right. the games. So, yeah, come to Bubba's 33 today. Today on the uh, Red Raider Outfit of Rockin' Pregame, we'll do some rockin' research with Dwight Wallace, former coach for West Virginia and analyst for the Mountaineers. Former Red Raider Bart Thomas talks the past and the future, plus Jarrett Johnson back at full strength this weekend. With uh, He'll examine the transfers in and out for the Red Raiders and how they performed. I'm really anxious to hear this. This yeah, is really interesting. All, yeah. all the guys in and out. Yeah, so. no, that's, that is, that's really cool. I can't wait to to hear that we'll talk some offense and defense what tech has to do today to get the victory we'll rock and roll plus give uh give you our rocking predictions and get you ready for the game we got pete christie who's uh slightly under the weather and he was on my other show yesterday morning so i'm i'm, I'm concerned that i'm now going to be getting you're next. getting sick you know is he, patient, is he patient zero yeah, well, I mean, you know, who, who knows, really. If, if but, Pete uh, feels half as bad as I did last weekend, I feel really bad for him because that was, that was rough. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah. I got to tell you, though, you really – you talk about a, uh, a gamer. I mean, you, you brought what you had, and, and it was very convincing. My, I didn't even sense you were sick. My mama has one big rule is that keep showing up. So I tried. You yeah, know? I tried. No, you <laughs> did. No, we're, we're impressed. We've also got Intern Boy here with us today. And uh, thank you, Intern <laughs> Boy. We need to fill in now for every uh, sick, whenever someone's sick. I, I get the vacant headset. So. Yeah, see, that's he it. He does nice. stuff, though. You know, talking off He air, does. He, like, so, yeah. He's a big sports fan. No, intern boy. I mean, we call him intern boy. One of these days, he'll earn his actual name back on the on the air. Well, but, is, uh, it, yeah. is the next step intern man? Maybe, yeah. Uh, no. Possibly, no. yeah. Well, no. <laughs> no. Actually, I think the, the next step probably will be, we'll just call him by his name. Or we'll give him a, a fake name that we'll fake call name. him, like, yeah. you know. But, Todd. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> Todd, Todd. Wow, that's okay. What's I don't Pete? Know what was Pete's radio name? Um, yeah, what was I, all I can remember about Pete was something about being warm, warm for his for form, form, and that's I can't get past <laughs> it, you know. So, Pete, are you there? Pete, Pete. Frisky Pete or something like that. Pete, Pete, Pete. Frisky Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Call I don't know. Frisky Pete. We'll, we'll see if we can get Pete uh, Pete on the line here. I don't know. We've, we've got him uh, via the uh, modern technology here, so who knows. But, uh, yeah, what was his name? It was, uh, I thought it was Playboy Pete. Playboy, Playboy Pete. Pete. Thank you, Interim Boy. One step closer to you see your real <laughs> name, man. Way to go. Yeah, Radio play, Playboy Pete, if you're job, warm Tom. for his form. <laughs> Give him, give him a call. Yeah, warm for his form. All right, man. I listen in my days, in my young days as a radio guy, when I was, you know, it was jamming with the jammer. I never used the phrase "Are you warm for my form?" I mean, you know. I don't so, think I've uh, ever said that like in private right, to like a lady. Right. Was like, "Hey, baby, you warm for my form?" That's 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 probably not an effective. I can't imagine that's an effective pickup line because I think most women are sophisticated enough to not go. Wow, he said warm for his form. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because how did he know? I, I actually, am. actually am. Yeah, you know, I can't believe that would actually work. So <laughs> we're gonna try it now. Pete, do we have there? It? Pete? Pete, hello, Pete, Pete. Do we have Pete? Playboy Pete. 
Come on. We had him. I'll try effort All to right. get him. All right. Well, anyway, he's not he's not feeling well today, so uh, maybe maybe he doesn't want anybody warm for his he keeps warmth hanging today. Out. So yeah. He's like fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll figure it out here. Um, but as we start every single show, Sean, hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> Checking the pulse of Red Raider Nation with our rock and reality check. All right, Jarrett, why don't you start here? Sure. Uh, man, I, bottom line is my reality check is this game is very important. I don't want to be overly dramatic, but, you know, one and two start has really taken the, the wind out of the sails, the stop the momentum that Texas Tech had generated at the end of last year and all throughout offseason. But here's Big 12 play. You have West Virginia, a team you've beaten each of the last four seasons. And it's not a great West Virginia team, though they are 2-1. and one. They did just beat their rival Pitt, and it's there in Morgantown. Here's an opportunity to start out Big 12 play on the right note. And not only that, and I know the team can't do this, but we're media. We can do this. They got Houston coming in next week. It's another team that you've beaten, I think, five times in a row, 10 of the last 11 matchups. If you can get off to a 2-0 start in Big 12 play, then it's like, okay, you had the hiccup in non-conference, but here's the real season. You're where you're supposed to be. Let's see what happens with the rest of the schedule. You lose today, things start getting really, man, what's the right word? Sketchy around here? I mean, let's be honest. Well, uh, people start getting nervous. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, not saying, I'm not even hinting that McGuire, there's any problems with McGuire in terms of like job security or anything right, like right. that. But I'm just saying... All that momentum pretty much gets thrown out the, the window. You have to almost start from scratch in that regard, and it would be a huge setback. You really need to win. You're six-point favorites on the road. You need to go up there and win this game today. Yeah, and, and West Virginia, I mean, that's obviously, it's it's a tough play. Anywhere in the Big 12 on the road, sure. it's going to be hard to play. Just That's just the way it is. But there if you're going if you're going to be competing for the Big 12 championship you're right you got to win against the teams that are expected to be in the lower half yes. of the conference you can't leave those you just cannot leave those uh on the on the board there so hopefully uh, tech takes care of business but overall though i mean i still you know i mean i'm not uh i'm not known for my great uh, optimism. optimism. I know, I know, I know. I just try to be a realist. I've watched tech for a lot of years yeah. and, and been through a lot. And uh, I, I just try to step back and look at it. This year, though, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I had them at 10-2 and two to start the season. I've so dialed true. it back now to where I'm like 5-7, 6-6. Six six. I mean, really, I'm back more to where I where I usually was. <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I'm still, you know, let's let's soon go out, take care of business, do some good things. And you got to win this game today. Uh, if if you want to be realistically considered a you know a contender at least for 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 the Big Twelve championship, I'm curious if what would you be consider what would you consider a success over the next two games? If they have to win both, split. I mean, obviously, if you lose both games, that's not a success. But would you be happy with the split of these two games? Well, I think I'd be disappointed with a split. Just because these are, I mean, again, coming into the season with the expectations of how good this team could be, these are two games that if you went through the schedule, I think most people would go, oh, yeah, those are victories. Those are wins, yeah. So I think, you know, even a split would be a disappointment. But you go 0-2 in these the, today and next Oof. week, I mean, that's that's just, that's that's not good at no, all. No. So a split would be better, obviously, but I think it's still it would still be a... Uh, a step big back, disappointment. Right? Yeah, it You'd would. Be a step right. back from last year. Right. right. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah, cuz Houston is they got some not problems. 
West Virginia, you know, their backs against the wall. I mean, Neil Brown, is, when you look at list of coaches who are on the hot seat, yeah. Neil Brown is probably got the hottest seat in the country, I would think. I mean, he's definitely a absolutely. contender, you know? No, absolutely. Right, I think right. most people expect him to be gone this year unless they yeah. pull off. I mean, and today's a big step towards that thing. Right. Uh, I think Iowa State's head coach, too. Is on the Matt Campbell, which yeah. is insane, see, right? See, and, and, what it, and you bring that up. That's interesting because if there was a guy who was the hottest coach in America, he was up for ago? every job and everybody wanted him and he stayed. And, you know, and maybe that's what his goal was. He, he just wanted to be at, Oak, or at Iowa State. I get it, and that's cool if that's what he wants in his career and his family life, whatever. But if you're talking about a guy who was at the top of the – I mean, he – he was up for so many jobs, and he stayed at Iowa State, mm-hmm. and now the luster has worn off. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if he's in a position where he can get that back now. I don't either. Uh, he he had magic going, and now I, you wonder if it's just like the talent that he had. The talent he had, he did have significant yeah. talent. You look at the right. NFL. You look at what Brock Purdy's doing. You look yeah, at uh, yeah. Brees Hall, right. uh, Lazard too with the Jets. I mean, they have talent spread out. Now. I mean they. They did a really good job of, of evaluating back then. So I wonder what the secret sauce was and if he lost some coaches or evaluators or right. something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or if it just got stagnant sometimes when guys stay for a certain while that it just right. doesn't work anymore. You know, I, it's it's very delicate. And, but you're right. I mean, he had NFL jobs. Yeah. Offers, like big time. You know, he had he could have pretty much gone wherever he wanted to in college football too. And so now – I mean, it'd be interesting to see where his next job is now. Well, and see what's interesting, too, is now, I mean, I would say has loved him and didn't want him to leave, and they loved him. He was the man. And now, with where they're at, you start going, God, you know, if he doesn't win some games this year, now they're calling for his head, man. I mean, a guy went from, you know, hero to zero just like that, probably. so. Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, got a little argument at, like, halftime. And then across the field, uh, Gundy. I mean, his seat's got to be hot, too. They're not playing the NIL game, and it's really hurting them. I mean. Yeah, I think he's going to have to get with the program on that deal. I think they're going to have to get rid of him at this point. I I think he's he's, he's been there so long. Was it? Yeah, he's like the second longest tenured uh, tenured, uh, coach. And he played at OSU. He's a a, a local hero. Yeah, it's his son. son. Yeah, Gunnar Gundy. He's one of the quarterbacks. But and Alan Bowman and and yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Which I knew that was doomed for failure. I know, yeah, that's that's I know that's crazy, man. How they they got three quarterbacks who've been playing and none of them have been able to step forward and be the guy. Bowman's have, older than Todd here. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that wild? I know. I feel like he's been playing since like the like, call you Todd. like, like the early nineties or something. But so, um, have you heard the rumors this week? I mean, it's been message board stuff, but around OSU. The the rumor that's been oh, going around yeah. all over social media and message boards is that they got all these players that, guys that, yeah, are that are leaving the program this weekend, you know. So we'll see. I don't know. Oh, like I walking mean, out, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, walking wow. out, this leaving season, the team. This season, oh yeah, oh, wow. like yeah. before the season's over. Right, right. right. <laughs> leaving, leaving the team, and, uh, and that is a rumor. Well, right, that, yeah, it's a rumor. I mean, it's a me- it is a message board rumor. Right, exactly. It was actually on the Oklahoma State. Uh, it's probably on all the message boards. Right, right yeah. I think it started on the twenty four seven. Uh, yeah, board. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, that's that's where that's where I saw it, and but yeah, it's been all over social media and everything, and and you know, it, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I'd be shocked if that many guys really walked out in the middle well, of the season. What if they but, do? Well, well, I mean, I, I here's, here's, here's my more. experience it's with like that kind of stuff. No? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've run a message board for a decade now. Yeah. I would say I think people would be surprised at this. 
like 75% of the time is what I'd say. Three out of four times, that kind of smoke is, ends up being true, at least yeah. some part of it. I mean, think right. about Maui with the basketball team. Everybody's right. like, oh, who's saying this, you know, about these guys didn't quit. There's not, you know, yeah. the, the locker room's fine. Yeah, yeah. And then look what happened. I mean, right. and I knew at the time, yeah, there is. You know, <laughs> yes, there is. Right. It, I, you know, I wasn't the one who posted on the message board. But when it got posted, I was like, yeah, I mean, this is real. See, and that's what's crazy about that kind of stuff is, you know, a lot of people want to dismiss it. But the fact of the sure. matter is, when you've got so many people involved, on, especially in football, I mean, my gosh, all the guys you have on the team, and all those guys have family. All those guys have friends. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and acquaintances. And what, all you do, you tell one person, you tell a couple of people, you tell your family, they tell somebody, then they tell somebody, well, I, I heard from so-and-so. Well, I don't. And it spreads <laughs> like wildfire, so you're right. There, anytime you hear that kind of crazy stuff, there, there's at least a reason that that got out oh, yeah. there and was able to keep progressing. If it wasn't true at all, it, w- it would just stop and some, you know. And a lot of the uh, the mods, like somebody like me, would put a stop to it if there was right. no truth to it. Right. Now, the best, to me, the best thing to do is if there's no truth to it, squash it. If there's some truth to it, just stay out of it. Right. Because it's really the people's message. You know, it's like their place to have these conversations. Right. right. It's a forum that now, you've opened up. Yeah. If you ask me, then I then that's when I step in and say, I got to give my, my answer. Right? Right. You know, right. some kind of answer. Which is in the best interest of myself, my business, right? The program, all that. It gets really yeah. tricky. You yeah, know? Like, I can. So. I can see where it would. Yeah, I know that. That is it. It's a. Uh, it's that's a real. That's a real tightrope you have to walk. One more. In, oh yeah. It is, I mean, just being a journalist now in today's media, because yeah. you got so many. You mentioned the families. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how many dads and moms and siblings and uncles that I've met from. I mean, you go down like to the Mahomes family all the way to, to today. Yeah. I mean, I talked to family. They can't reach out to me now. If any tech SIDs or officials are listening, it's not me. <laughs> you can't reach out. They're reaching out to I'm not going to ignore them. You know what I mean? Like, if you, you get to know these people through the recruiting process when they're right. like sophomores and juniors in high school through yeah. their career at tech, you know them for like seven, eight years and longer. So you're not going to just start ignoring them. But, uh, I'm really interested. I think next week we should do a hot seat segment on which Big 12 coaches are on the hot seat because I think Dave Aranda is another one who two years ago won the Big 12. And now, I mean, you can't get blown out home against Texas State. So, and and have the, you know, they had a a poor season last year. They they roughed up Tech. But other than that, they had a really down season last year. Looks like they're headed for another one. They got a big game today, of course. Right, with with Texas, which they'll be up for, you know. Right. Isn't it interesting though? Because if you take you look at what's happened with Aranda, with all the Baylor guys that are now at Tech, yeah, and and that you know you, you got to sit there and go, wow, how important was McGuire and Blanchard and Cochran and all these guys, you know, to the, to Aranda's success. Bookbinder, there's so many right, guys. Yeah. There's so many guys. Like, you're you're right, uh, and I think that goes back to the Matt Campbell discussion of like what really was the secret sauce yeah. to all that success back then. And perhaps it's not really there. It's just the figurehead yeah, is there, the right? Yeah. yeah. All right. No, it's it's it, that's uh, that's why I love following college football. It's so yeah. fun to talk about all this stuff. All right, we come back here. Uh, Jarrett will have uh, an examination of the transfers out and the transfers in for the Red Raiders this year. This is really fascinating because you know you get so you get so mad when some guy leaves the program. Like, How can he leave? But then you get these other guys in, and you love the transfers when they come to you. <laughs> yeah. You hate it when they leave. But just uh, you know, looking at the pluses and minuses of all of it. So Jarrett breaks that down coming up. 
uh, here next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. We're live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Inside the Red Raiders football recruiting with 24-7 Sports, Jared Johnson. All right. Sorry, I was texting. Did someone say that they were warm for your form? No, it was not that at all. But uh, that's what I was hoping for. But uh, it, 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 no one's warm for my form now except my wife. My girlfriend so, texted yeah. me that she is. So oh, really? Here in the show. She's warm yeah. for my form? Well, that's very surprising. Thank you for <laughs> okay, we're, Yeah, I'm glad we have the mute button for Jeff. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah. No, that's she's warm for your form. Indeed. See? Nice. That's very, that's very I'm impressive. Not, I mean, I, I guess I'm impressed by that. It's still weird. We can't all be we we can't all beat Pete Christie. Frisky you know? Pete. Yeah, Frisky Pete. And he's not here to defend himself. That's the best. Pete's part. a little under the weather and we'll we'll try will we eventually be able to reach him? We're no he's Hope you feel he's better, not Pete. he's not doing good today, so um so we wish Pete the best. Man, yes. I hope I don't get sick now. I saw him yesterday. Oh man, I don't want to get sick. All right, it, it was not fun, man. It no, I fun. I don't. Uh, I yeah, I don't. I don't like being sick. So I was I'm over gonna... at a, a crumble cookie. Missed the uh, Pete yesterday. Oh great, that, that's right. Back that away from see, him, man. see, yeah, we all we all saw Pete yesterday morning. Not we me. were all around him. So yeah, Jared's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna back go. off from you I guys either, now. So I'm. I might safe. actually wear a mask now. Which yeah, I think well, it's kind of silly, know, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pete. Hopefully, Pete. Pete will be uh, will be better. So, um, all right. So, uh, let's look at recruiting. Now, I know we're going to break down the uh, kind of the pluses and minus of transfers because it's always funny in the transfer uh, world we live in now. As a fan of a team, you always get so mad when someone transfers away. You're like, I hate this transfer portal. This thing sucks. I hate this. And then you get a guy come into your program. You go, man, that guy's awesome, man. That's just really cool. And so it, to examine the pluses and minuses for Texas Tech of where, you know, guys that have left, guys that have come in, what is it, you know, what, is it, what does it really mean? But before we get to that, there was a commit for yeah. Tech football this week, right? A- absolutely. Uh, Texas Tech got off to uh, a pretty good start with the 2025 class, the, the first commit of that cycle uh, with Tristan Gentry, a 6'1", 160-pound receiver out of Stephenville, Texas. And he's having a monster year. He had one game earlier this year, and it was a close game, so it wasn't like a blowout against a scrub team. Uh, I think his final, he had an 81-yard touchdown uh, in midway through the fourth quarter to tie the game. He finished with eight catches for 252 yards and four touchdowns in that one game. <laughs> so, And he's been clocked with a legit, I don't know if it was laser, but it was a legit, maybe a track time, uh, 447. So more speed, you know, uh, production yeah. and speed. Again, he's just a junior at Stephenville. He had a big sophomore year at Stephenville, which is a great, I mean, if you're listening to this, you should probably know that Stephenville is a great Texas high school football program. Right. It has for decades. So you know he's coming up from a good program, playing against good teams, and uh, has a lot of speed and production, and that's that's a great start. I think he was at to create his profile. Tech offered him back in June. He was at the Oregon game, too, visiting, and he told me he plans on uh, going to every home game this year, nice. so that's good. But uh, he, I had to create his profile because Tech was his only offer, and but he starts off with an initial rating of 88, which is pretty dang good. That's yeah, yeah. Is that like I'm, high three star? That's or? a high three star. Yeah. 90 is pretty much the cutoff for four star. Okay. Like, so that's right where you where it's where yeah. it's uh, a four star. I mean, if you think about it like a Madden rating, 88. You know, that's that's good. Three star. I think he's top 50 in Texas for the 2025 class overall, like regardless of position. So I that's again. McGuire and James Blanchard and the whole staff just 
crushing it in recruiting. Yeah. The 2024 class is rated 22nd in the nation right now. It's basically behind UT and, UT and OU in the Big 12. Right. So uh, just uh, they're doing great. The future is very bright in regards to recruiting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. So we're going to start there, obviously, uh, with, uh, you know, the current recruiting. But the transfer thing, this is yeah. really fascinating, you know, because, you know, so many guys – I mean, it's not just tech. I mean, it's around the country. Guys are, are just – moving all over the place it's hard to keep up with it you know but it's 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 interesting and it's added a wrinkle to college football that you know we're all still probably trying to get used to but for texas tech the guys that have left guys we've had come in you know what just kind of break it down Which what do is the net plus with? and minus Let's gosh i don't even know i mean i guess start start with the guys that have left okay because that's the negative and then we'll end with the positive look at that negative jeff one end with the positive how about that i know it's wow. impressive isn't it i know i know all right, well, let's start with quarterback Donovan Smith, this guy who started and won a lot of games in his time at Texas Tech. Uh, he's starting at Houston now. Uh, Houston has a 1-2 and two record. I, I believe they beat, they edged UTSA, and they've lost to Rice and TCU uh, since then. He's thrown for 718 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. His, I don't think this will surprise a lot of people. His completion percentage is only 56.8%, yeah. which is not good. I mean, anything below 60% is not good uh, in today's college football landscape. Uh, he's also uh, rushed for 78 yards and three touchdowns. But the one and two record, he's coming back to Lubbock. You know, of course, he started friendship his senior year right. uh, as well. He's coming back to Lubbock next week. I believe that's a 2.30 kickoff as well I think so, yeah. here at the Jones. Yeah. So uh, that's that's going to be another big game. That'll be That's an interesting storyline, Dominic Smith, because that guy is a gamer. Yeah, you have um, the yeah. revenge narrative and everything right. like that, too. Well, and you got, you know, Dana Holgerson and Coach Hughes. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of things, a lot of that connections to Texas Tech that always makes that an intriguing game. I mean, Donovan so. Smith ran in the game-winning touchdown in overtime last year against Houston for Texas Tech. Remember? I yeah. mean, so that's, it's just going to be pretty crazy to see him on the other side. Uh, another guy, another one of the first guys mentioned is safety Reggie Pearson. He transferred to OU. OU's playing right now. They're up 10-3 to on Cincinnati. I think you said he's not playing today. He's he's out today. He got hurt in the last game, and he's not not uh, not playing today. Yeah. He started the first three games, all wins for the Sooners. He has ten tackles and one and a half tackles for loss. That's the only uh, stats I've seen for him, which is yeah, yeah you know, pretty yeah. good. You know, he's a he's a physical dude who can be a liability in coverage, honestly. But uh, he started the first three games, so compared to some of the other guys, uh, he's had a good start to. His time away from Texas Tech. That, that's a guy probably, if you look at all the guys that left Tech, I mean, to me, he stands out yeah. just a guy that would have been useful for Tech at, he at the there's very no minimum. You know? I don't, there would have been a lot of drama because I don't think he would have started over Owens. Owens yeah. even was going to start over him when he yeah. was healthy last year. But you can't tell me that Tech wouldn't use Reggie Pearson. Right. Like, I, I mean, look, McGuire's told me. Uh, and, you know, we were surprised. We didn't want him to leave, but yes, he probably was not going to start the season starting. Right. So, right. so that's, that, that's good news in a way. That's kind of what the portal is for. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I think I could start. You don't think I could start? Well, I'm, I'll see you know, who, who else around the country thinks I can start. Well, Oklahoma thinks he can start. Right. So. right. Same thing happened with Armin Smith. I mean, we have yeah. such a deep quarterback room, it was almost like a no-brainer for him to get out of there, especially yeah. with Warren yeah. resurging the way he did as a true freshman and everything. Yeah, so. the, the first handful of guys, it's like, okay, I, I get why, you, why they left. They're, they're good players. The next two guys on the list both went to Indiana. Uh, DB Kobe Miner, who that – I, I may be in the minority, but that was the one where I was like, oh, man, because yeah. the guy had a lot of potential, or has a lot of potential, but for Tech. But I think Malik Dunlap coming back, uh, Rashad Williams coming back, Kobe's like, I I'm ready to start now. And I, I think he is, you know, uh, though he hadn't started a lot for Indiana. 
Uh, and he, he started once, and he's only played in two games. Uh, I don't know if it's because of injury. I didn't delve that deep into right. it. Uh, but he he does have eight tackles and one pass breakup in two games, including one start. See, it's so weird too how the how it all works with. I mean, because you know when you're you know you're focusing on tech, and guys are leaving, and, and if that's your whole world, that's all. You're, but you look around the country, every single team everywhere has guys coming and going. Oh and, yeah, and it's crazy. It's like you mentioned Indiana because I know that you know so. Uh, Miner goes there. Well, Indiana had a big transfer because you were talking about oh, you will go with Pearson going there. Uh-huh. But uh, Desan McCullough was a, oh, was yeah, a, a yeah. great uh, DB, kind of a linebacker hybrid type guy. Yeah. He he left Indiana to go to OU. So then you know so so now we got the guys from Tech going to Indiana. I mean, it's just like a never-ending merry-go-round of. And it's like NFL free agency at this yeah, point. And yeah. it's, I mean, it literally is professional now, right? With right. name, image, likeness, and everything now. So I really, this, we're getting wildly off tangent. Yeah, but yeah. the portal is such a big part of college sports right. and its, its own recruiting genre now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you got the high school recruiting. What's been edged out, other than just the elite of the elite, is JUCO recruiting. There's a lot of junior college guys like. I mean, that's you make your grades, kids, because uh, junior college, like those spots are just not there. Other than the very elite guys, yeah, you got to be junior really, college. really, and make probably good grades at that point too, absolutely, right? Absolutely, well, yeah. yeah. You have to be eligible, but right. if you're if you're let's say you're Joey McGuire and you're looking, you you have a hole to fill. Are you going to go to junior college? Where let's be honest, they haven't had the same development in terms of coaching, most likely. Right. They don't have the facilities that you can get from a guy. Coming over from Indiana, let's Any say, power you know, five right, school, yeah, yeah, or even yeah. Division, just Division One, right? You know what I mean, True, the yeah. facilities are going to be much better. Junior college is the struggle, so I'm I'm off on a tangent, but uh, I think at some point, college football will break off from the NCAA and it will be its own farm system, very similar to minor league baseball, right? Yeah. I think I think like the top eighty schools or sixty something schools, yeah, and that will be, and then there'll be a whole other thing that's NCAA football that. Isn't there like 69 Power 5 yeah, schools, yeah. right? I think that's what it is. Yeah, yep. yeah. And it's ever-changing with right. conference realignment. But let me get back to a, a, on, on <laughs> that's, task. That's but I digress. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. I, that may be a, like a big off-season show topic, you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. to me, it's fat. It, it's like how do schools rotate in and out of that exactly. elite you know, when you look at even like SMU now going to the ACC, right. you know what I mean? Like they, got, they joined the party. They found a chair when the music stops, you know I mean? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then Oregon State, Washington State next year don't have a home. Right. And they're talking about promotion and relegation. Could promotion and relegation that come? Yeah, like soccer. Like, yeah. like Premier League soccer kind of yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. Like, that, oh, no. That's, that, yeah, we, we talked about that at work that today, Sean. Yeah, that's, portal, you, oh, know, you commit to a it's team and two years later <laughs> they're relegated and you're, yeah, you don't even want to play there anymore. Yeah. Right. That's why it's so fun to talk about this stuff, though. But anyway... But but continue. <laughs> yeah, Philip Bleedy is another guy transfer who transferred from Texas Tech to Indiana. He started all three games so far. This is going into the games today, so I don't know. You know, I did, I did this before kickoff today. But he has four tackles and a half a tackle for loss and three starts, three games for Indiana. So he's an interior defensive lineman. So the stats may not tell the story of how he's right. doing, but he is starting every game for Indiana. So was he a guy that did you think that he had a very High potential with Texas Tech. Absolutely. Were you surprised when he left? Yes, because here's the deal with him. Again, yeah, this is the yin and the yang of some of these guys with uh, a COVID year eligibility or another year of eligibility coming back. When Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchins came back, like those guys are going to start and play like 80 percent of the snaps right. or whatever, you know. So 
what kind of opportunities would it be for, for, for bleeding? I know he has a young family. You know, if some if you go in the portal, people offer you some other NIL opportunities and playing time. So not only are you getting paid more right now, but more of an opportunity to put your play on film for possible a future in the NFL, right. which is what a lot of these guys. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You to can't me. blame a guy for doing that. Absolutely you really not. Can't. Yeah, you gotta look yeah. after your, you know, your. Can't future. take it personally. No, it, no. This a lot of this isn't personal anymore. Now there's been guys who left for per, for personal reasons, but. Right. Now it's business, man. I, right. It really is, you know. Uh, a lot of these guys. Now, not all of them, but many of the guys remaining on this, uh, and I could just rattle them off. We're like, maybe you should look for uh, opportunities elsewhere. So I'm not. I'm not saying for sure. I'm not reporting that as fact. But I know at least a couple of these. It was like, you know, they meet. It's just like uh, like a year in review for anybody, any of y'all out there. Right. You know? Like your manager is going right. to go over it with you and be like, look. This is what we're seeing. This is what you need to do. This maybe you should go somewhere else. You right. know what I mean? And so, starting with that offensive line, and I don't know if Tucker falls under this category, but offensive lineman Jack Tucker was a highly rated recruit who came in. Uh, he went to Liberty. He hadn't started yet, but they're three and zero, and he's played in all three games coming into this week. Uh, Ethan Card, who started, I think, almost oh, yeah. a whole season for you, uh, offense. I can't believe he still has eligibility left. Uh, big old offensive lineman. He transferred to Boise State. He's played in three games with one start. Uh, and they, they're actually 2-2. Two and two. I think they played last night. Yes, I watched some of that game last night. I didn't realize he was even playing. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, offensive lineman Cade Briggs, he was supposed to come in. I think he transferred from New Mexico prior to last year. He was supposed to be your starting center. Uh, but then uh, what's his name? Stats. Uh, Wilburn actually oh, okay. beat him Wilburn out last year, yeah. uh, last year. And now, yeah, Stats, yeah. we'll get to him in a minute. Stats is, is the starting center now. But Briggs transferred to Arizona State. They have a 1-2 and two record. They are not good. He's played in one game, and that was against, I think, South Utah, Southern Utah or something, mm. and he hasn't started yet. Uh, wide receiver Trey Cleveland. I really like him. And he had a real up- upside. He did. Ter- yeah, like. he yeah. wasn't ever consistent, but he made some big plays for yeah. you. Even last year, he transferred to North Texas. They have a 1-2 and two record. He has six catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So, yeah. Offensive lineman Larry Moore also uh, went to North Texas. Three games, no starts. So, no, wow. not much from him. Uh, defensive lineman Sincere Massey went to Abilene Christian. He's played in three games. They're two and one. Uh, one start, five tackles, and a half a sack. Uh, linebacker Derek Lewis, who I really thought would be something at some point. Uh, incarnate Word, two and one, played in one game, two tackles. In, in a way, when you mention this, I mean, it really does kind of uh, bring home why yeah. Texas Tech's defense, or I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. really, the guys that left and can't even play at a much lower level yeah. of football and aren't getting a lot of playing time. I God, mean, really, crazy. it was the first four that you're like, well, you know, Pearson, yeah. that guy's a legit dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he started Wisconsin, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. The guy can play football. Right. He, you know, he's not perfect, but Kobe Miner, the guy right. has, has a real future. Philip Bleedy, same thing. And then Domin Smith. I mean, right. come on, he's won a lot of games for yeah. him. Say what you want about him, and I get it. Right. But he's won a lot of. Power five football right. games, Texas, right. he has, you know, yeah. Houston. He's, he's won some big games. So uh, then you have the other side of it, right? The guys who came in, and Braylon Lux is the top of the list for me. Now he did get beat, and that's really the only time. And I think Coach Ruder mentioned it when I asked him about it, the only time that they've been beaten for a big explosive play so far this year was he gave up. But he's also played some safety, played some corner, and played really well. Now he has eight tackles, one pass breakup, and, a, and one and a half tackles for loss. So not huge stats. Through three game, but he's been a, he's been a significant 
contribution. A nice, a nice contributor, yeah. Steady contributor, Absolutely. at least. Yeah. Along with defensive tackle Quincy Ledet, who came over from Louisiana Monroe. He's a reserve defensive lineman. He had that big force fumble early on against Wyoming. Four tackles and has held up really well in uh, spot duty for uh, Jalen Hutchings. I think he's been really, he's been better than I thought he was going to be. Right. He's been really good. Steve Linton. The single biggest disappointment, other than maybe Shuck, and I guess you could say the offensive line, but I was kind of expecting that, on the whole team. Steve Linton, I mean, everybody talked about he could be all Big 12, maybe even a uh, high NFL NFL draft pick next season, you know. uh, Double-digit sacks so far, seven tackles, one tackle for loss, and a fumble recovery. And he's played a lot. A lot, yeah. At a a feature position in Texas Tech's defense, in Deruder's defense, so... He's been a disappointment. Uh, star position, C.J. Baskerville, same kind of another featured position. Uh, he transferred in from San Diego State. He's been pretty good. He's been banged up now. He's had a couple of different injuries, but 10 tackles, a, a tackle and a half for loss, uh, two pass breakups, and a quarterback hurry. So uh, he's been pretty good. Not great, but but pretty. You know, he's done his job. Nice piece, though, yeah. <clears throat> uh, st- last defensive addition is outside linebacker uh, Terrell Tillman from Oregon. Not a whole lot was expected from him. He has one tackle, which was a tackle for loss last week against Tarleton State. That's more of a future kind of thing. His little right. brothers could be a big recruit, too. So okay. that's something. Two more guys I want to mention. Both offensive center, uh, center Rusty Stats has not been, I think, as good as advertised, right. either in pass blocking or uh, run blocking. I think there's still opportunity. The potential's there. He could have a big gear. They're going to need him today. He needs to have a big game against West Virginia, to be honest. You're starting center. And then wide receiver Dre McCray. Not really a huge impact. Seven catches for 82 yards so far. So nothing that really stands out. And the speed that he was bringing was yeah. supposed to be the thing, you know. And yeah, it may yeah. just be something of like opportunity because like right. the couple of catches he's had, he's made a couple guys miss, but just not a lot of targets, you know. Yeah. I think all it really takes is one big play, one big punt return when needed, yeah. most, and then you know, and then you suddenly you go from yeah, yeah right. zero to hero, right? Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's so. So, just uh, I know we, we got to get to a break here, but just real Sean's quick here. Crazy. I know, yeah, Sean's going crazy. But hey, real quick though, plus or minus? Do you think, in your judgment, is Tech on the plus side of the transfer or the minus side? This of This year so far, I'd say minus, and I'm really surprised to say that. But with Linton and Stats not living up to the hype right now, I got to say minus. All right, there you go. All right, we got more to come <laughs> here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. We're live from Bubba's 33 today on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Gandy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. Let's take a look at the Big 12. Oklahoma, number 16, going into halftime. 10-3 over Cincinnati. At halftime, TCU leads SMU 14-10. Coming up later today, Kansas hosting BYU. West Virginia hosts Texas Tech. Oklahoma State versus Iowa State. Sam Houston hosting, uh, being hosted by Houston. The big game tonight number three texas taking on baylor at mclean stadium in waco and ucf being hosted at bill snyder family stadium that game is at seven o'clock and it is on fs1 and that right there is your look at your rocking scoreboard on the rock pregame a deeper look 
All right, we're back. We're going to take a deeper look at the Red Raider quarterbacks because I tell you, it's always uh, interesting in the quarterback situation. Yeah, what What is it about the backup quarterback is always like Mr. <laughs> Popularity on every team. You know, everybody always wants that guy. But uh, Tech is fortunate that you got a, you, you do have a, a good quarterback room overall, and, you know, we can debate. Well, I mean, I, I still think Tech does. I just, uh, it just, Shuck has just been a little tentative, and it's just been weird. After seeing what he did in those last several games last year when he came back from injury, he played so well, and I just don't know that he's, he hasn't lived up to what you thought he was going to be this year with all of his experience, and uh, he's just, he's just not playing aggressively. It's just been weird to watch him. He's just waiting too long. He's, yeah. he's afraid to make a mistake. I, I, I can't imagine the pressure. You know, the, as the as the quarterback, I mean, you know, you're that's the you gig. Got, you though. got a lot, you know but it I mean? is, it right. is. And if you're going to be pulling in nil money and everything mm-hmm. these days, you know what? Too bad. You better perform, and that's just kind of the way it is. But he has been somewhat disappointed. It's a half a step count or a half a count slow. I, I right. know we'll, we'll get into this here in a little bit. I, the thing is, is that that's dominating. That question is Shuck or Morton's dominating discussion on message boards, social media. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at the student section. They cheered. They actually booed Shuck. Right. Start to, and, right. Then, and then cheered when Morton came in. in the and, then, and McGuire, I mean, to his credit, he tried to be loyal and protect his guy there with Shuck. But the fact, you know, like saying, well, he's a Lubbock guy. Listen, well, is he a Lubbock? I mean, yeah, he went to school in Lubbock for a little He's a little kid. and But is he a Lubbock guy? Was the student section cheering because he's a Lubbock no. guy? No, they were not. They cheered because he's I appreciate the effort. Morton, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> he's a gunslinger. Yeah, exactly. He looks like a Texas Tech quarterback. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, the question is, what does McGuire want from from his quarterback? I want to see a win. You know, I want to see the, what I saw is we went out and won a game. Uh, we took care of the football for the most part. Um, you know, and we've got to do the same thing. We've got to continue to get better. And, uh, you know, I, I know those guys are excited to go to work. Uh, we had a great – you know, it's just, of course, when you come into a room after a win, it's definitely different than after a loss, you know. Um, but you also, as coaches, get to, I think, sometimes dig in even harder after a win, you know, because uh, you're really not as much as in your feelings and stuff like that. And so really putting pressure on us as a whole, um, really challenging the offense this week and the offensive staff to be better in the second quarter. You know, if you look at us right now, we scored 45 points in the first quarter. That's been a very productive quarter. The third quarter has been very productive. One of our worst quarters, you know, on offense, or our worst quarter on offense is the second quarter. You know, it's happened uh, in all three games. Uh, you know, when you look at Wyoming and even the last game, um, we could have stretched the game out and stretched the lead, and we didn't, so we've got to be better in the second quarter. And then, you know, defensively, we've got to continue to grow, even though – um, we only gave up three points in the fourth quarter. We've given up 26 points in the fourth quarter. And so those two quarters have got to be a big emphasis. We're going to change some uh, practice periods up this week. We're going to move them around to kind of create some havoc and some sudden change. And, you know, um, hopefully that helps us in, the, in those quarters, helps us finish the first half and helps us finish the, the you know, the game. You know, to me, I've been doing this a long time, a lot of press conferences, a lot of sports, every level. That was Coach Peak. That was him deflecting for his quarterback, right. which I respect. I get, right. you do I respect get why, it. why, right. why yeah. he did it. But Sean asked him, what, he, what does he want from the quarterbacks? And he's talking about how much points the defense gave up in the fourth quarter. So right. he's saying it's the whole team, it's not just the quarterbacks. But right. 
come on, man. I, Shuck, Shuck struggled against Tarleton State. You know, uh, that, that's just the bottom line. But I asked Coach Kitley later on in that press conference uh, how he would grade both quarterbacks, Shuck and Morton, against Tarleton State. Yeah, you know, after we graded the film, they both graded pretty high. Uh, again, I think kind of looking at it, uh, they, they kind of have different styles about them a little bit. Uh, you know, I think when you saw Barron come in, he, he went to work a few times and checked some pass plays and, and did a really good job there. And, and Tyler, especially in that second quarter and, and early on the first quarter as well, was getting Taj the ball in, in some really good fashion. So uh, proud of both of those guys. I thought they played well. Um, you know, statistically, you know, the stats don't always tell the story. You know, we had a couple of big drops early uh, that, that we wanted to have back and wish we had those balls. But, uh, again, I thought both those guys did, did a good job, operated the offense, which is what we're looking for. Um, seeing the light run boxes, checking runs, and then seeing the, the one high deals. We have some runs and checking the fast plays. And Kitley mentioned the different styles of the quarterbacks. I asked him to kind of go a little deeper on that. Yeah, it's huge every week. I mean, I, every, every Wednesday I give them my quarterback notes, which is kind of their tips and reminders, if you will. And the number one thing every week in all red caps, as big as it can be, says protect the football. So that's that's number one importance every week, no matter who you're playing. And, and again, you're, you're talking about a team that's done a really good job at creating turnovers. And, you know, a lot of that's too getting after the quarterback and making the quarterback evade the pocket and, and throw some what we call late and across the middle balls, which are which are never good. So uh, that's always of utmost importance, and that's going to continue to be that way this week. That was actually when Keeley was asked about ball, ball security. Now this is about how the two quarterbacks are different. Yeah, I think, again, I mean, with, with Barron, man, it's, it's funny with him. You know, he gets in there, and we talked on the sideline, like, hey, if they're giving you this, let's get to this run. And he looks out there, and he's like, no, I'm, che I'm checking pass. You know, he kind of is going to give you that, uh, that gunslinger type deal. Um, he, he wants the ball in his hands, which is awesome. Um, but again, I'm still trying to grow him in the in the nature that hey, that you, we got too high here. Let's let's get to a run. Um, but he definitely has that more of that gunslinger mentality. And again, I think when you go back to Tyler, uh, you know, coming into the game, they were a heavy one high man coverage team. And, and early on, they came out and played a lot of too high. And, and he noticed uh, the nice fronts and got us into some really good runs. Uh, and I thought he just did a really good job of operating the offense. Uh, again, we had some pass plays called, and they come out too high with the four one box, and he gets Taj the ball, and here we go. And we had a really good day running the, uh, running the ball. So. Again, they're, they're different in that aspect, but they're still doing a good job operating the offense, and, and I think they're making the throws and they need to make throws. Do you ever get the feeling that secretly they're disappointed that Shuck wanted to come back no. because their plan was that Baron Morton was going to be the guy? Uh, it, it, no. Sometimes it feels that way to me, honestly. It really does. I get that, and I, but I'll tell you why I know that's not the case. Okay. Uh, McGuire graciously has done several, or at least a couple of chats, live chats, uh, with subscribers on inside the red raiders and i go to his office and hang out while he's doing it, make sure just kind of make sure everything goes smoothly and we talked about that and i'm telling you, you now they shuck was leaning towards leaving and they wanted him to come back and, they, and their whole selling point was look right now you're i can show you where the scouts are saying you're a sixth seventh round pick you could come back, prove that you're healthy, put some more tape out there, and maybe be you know a high uh, draft right, pick. Right. And so that was no. Uh, I, and what you get from I get what you're saying, yeah. why you think that in, in some regards, but no, they want him back, and this is why. Morton is a gunslinger, and he does go off script, and coaches can't stand that, especially guys that are like offensive coordinators. I mean, just that that kind of type. That Leach was different. Uh, he's a he, uh, 
he's out there on, a, on his own island in terms of how he saw the game. But see, that's why I think it. that gunslinger thing is always popular with Tech fans. Right. You like yeah. the gunslinger. We're West Texas, man. It's a gunslinger. Yeah. When I say this, people will throw leech at me. I'm like, man, you, come on. Yeah. Uh, he's in his own box, his own right. thing. You know, like he's, he, he's his own category of, of a play caller. Kitley just said that what I want is for a quarterback to check into favorable matchups depending on the defense. Shuck does that. He does a great job of that, and I'm very happy with it. Morton does not do that. I just told him if they show you this look, check into this play. What does he do? The opposite of what I said. That's it. That's right. the answer. People want to know why Shuck's starting. In my mind, it's that interaction. Now, yeah. I, I, go ahead. What I was going to say is, but the fans like it when, when Barron bullets the ball out and there's no hesitation. I think that's the big difference in the fans. They see Shuck is more plotting and more, more slower, and they, they see that Barron is more decisive. Which is true. I mean, Shuck looks a half account slow in everything he does this year. The reckless abandon that he had at the end of last year, where he was—he literally said, "I don't know what I could say on there." Uh, he threw caution to the wind right. and said, "I'm not going to overthink and overstress about this." You know, I've already gotten injured twice. My career is basically come winding down. You know, uh, it's now or never. And he just went for it, and the results were amazing for the most part. You see, it's like he's playing safe now because he wants again. to move up in the draft. I mean, it's like. Yeah, what does Tech owe a guy to get, for his future to be in the a better position in the draft as opposed no. to winning it this year for Texas Tech? We just talked about it being big business. It's not just Shuck's future. There are so many people beyond just the team. How many businesses, including our own, right. what we're doing right. right now, revolve around the, the success and failure of Texas Tech football? It's I don't. It's hard to calculate how many people to t- depend on it. Uh, I, I think, including McGuire and Kitley's jobs, you know, I, if they thought Morton gave them the, the the best chance to win, I think they would they would play more. I really do. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I think it's the the fact that he's such a wild card. They have very little control over him. And he is, you know, which is also what Sean said. One of the reasons why people like him so that's appealing. How is right, that not appealing? Right. You know, wild right. guy with a lot of potential. His arm t- his arm talent is significant. I mean, it is. So we'll have to see. I, people keep asking me how short is, is the leash going to be for Shuck, and I, I really don't know. Uh, I think if they get down, he turns the ball over some more, then I think you've you got to turn it over to Morton and just see what you have. I, mean, right. I think you have to at some point. Right. You, can't, right. you can't lose today because you're being patient with Shuck. I just, right. But the more I thought about it, and I, I have said, like, I think you should, you should take a look at Morton at this point, the way Shuck's playing. But the more I thought about this specific game, if Shuck could not, not turn the ball over, not force things, just play conservative football, run the ball, make the simple plays, I don't think West Virginia's offense is good enough. You know, I, I think Tech, Tech will win. And their starting quarterback, I think, is questionable for today, he's not, isn't I he? Yeah, he's not playing. I, yeah, okay. I know he didn't practice Wednesday, yeah. so I don't know if he practiced Thursday right. or Friday, but... Everybody at West Virginia that I know is saying he's not playing. That it's Nico Marcelli. So, mm, all right, all right. Well, it's uh, this to me. There, there's no better conversation as a college football fan than the quarterback right. position for your team because everybody's got an opinion. You know, well, what are, I want to hear y'all's opinion. Who do you think should start? Well, today? look, I'm, today. Here, here's where I where I come down on that is that I I always try to 
I try to be reasonable and look at it from the standpoint of I'm not out there to practice every day. I don't see these guys. I don't know the film room. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm just a guy watching games, and I'm a college football fan. Yeah. But I, I, I do see when Barron comes in, there's just a feeling of, oh, man, here we go. Here I we mean, go. he just yeah. he's making something happen, Yeah. you know. And, and Shug just gets out there and plods around, and, and like I said, he, he delays and thinks, and, and you just get this feeling that it's like, ah, we're not going to score. But Barron comes in, and there's an excitement level that you just get. So from a fan standpoint, without evaluating on any other thing, I'm not a coach, I'm not an expert, I like to watch Barron play, okay? I'll just tell you that flat out. Me and that's, too. You, know? you just reminded me of something, and in honor of Pete, who's not here, uh, Playboy Pete, Frisky Pete, or whatever, right, right. Would you say that Shuck is the annoying, uh, I'm ready to go home, girlfriend, long-term girlfriend? <laughs> I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, all right. Can we leave and, yet? And Morton's the hot, crazy chick at the at, later on in the night. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, kind of crazy. Right, crazy. Willie, up for anything. Right? You know, like, so we're just like, strong. I'm rich. <laughs> no, I I just here, here's what I here I think when you when I really step back from it I, I just think look I get Shuck is a experienced guy and he's uh he's he's probably the guy that understands the offense the best he's got the yeah. the, the it's kind of like Davis Webb to me a technician yeah. of the game he uh-huh. can do all the things but you get him on the field. And there was just something that just it, it just wasn't going to be the same, you know, as a guy yeah. who's the gunslinger guy. And Tech is good with a gunslinger. I mean, they just they just are. It's always been that way uh, since Leach came along. And and I think that uh, I to me, if it, you know, McGuire has a lot of goodwill now. As is still a new coach, he's got goodwill. He's building for the future. And I would just rather personally. Wrong or right, personally, I would rather see them play Baron Morton, build for the future when you've got the goodwill, than to sit here and struggle with Tyler Shuck, and you're just you're just pissing people off at that point. Yeah. The fans get frustrated. I mean, you've got the goodwill. Build for the future. Tyler Shuck, I wish him well in his future. I hope he gets drafted. That would be great. But I just hate this stubborn, let's play this guy when – He's not doing anything great he's either. He's turning the you ball know? over. Right. If he wasn't turning right. the ball over and still with his plotting style, yes. yeah, yeah well, that'd be better. What yeah. do you think, Russell? Who do you think should start? Um, well, I don't think it's anything, too, with, like, you're saying you're playing him out of stubbornness. It's not like he's done anything that Tech Tech owes him playing time by any means. I mean, he's been injured half the time he's been here. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I understand with the, the offensive coordinator side and the coach's side, you don't want that wild cardness when you call a play. I mean, Zach Kittley's been very vocal that he's fine with checking out of plays. He's given Chuck a huge reign and leash to do that, and hence all the QB runs in the first two weeks. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a turnover thing for me. I mean, that's yeah. the number one thing as a quarterback. I mean, you can move the ball, you do whatever you can, but when we'd have Oregon, for example, we'd have prime position. we block a punt. First play, what do we do? We throw a pick. It just yeah. kills momentum. I mean, you, you could really, after that block punt, you completely felt a shift in that stadium. Pick happens, boom. It's From like your experienced quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Six years. Right. Six year, right. 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 Exactly. And, yeah. and, yeah. and, the, and the, the wild cardness of Morgan, I mean, stuff like that will happen as young as he is and the playing time that he has. I mean, you, you'd rather it happen now than when he is the guy and then right. you have no one else to turn. Maybe Hammond, I mean, then it's going to be the exact same thing. I mean, then he's going to be the young guy and Morin will have job security issues. So I'd rather get those mistakes in now. I don't think throwing Morin in there is a. We, we, become a worse team. I mean, you can make an argument become a better team. Right. And so 
there's hardly any tape on him. I mean, and he was great when, when, when he came in. So. He threw for 325 yards and two touchdowns against West Virginia last year. Yeah, yeah. and it was saying, a route. It was a route, 48 yeah. to 10 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That was good, Russell. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Todd. This guy, this, Todd. This, Todd. This, may be, Todd. This, yeah, this, this may be the best intern we've ever had here. Whoa, so, whoa. I mean, I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't give him a big hand. I don't want to get too crazy yet, but I'm just saying. I know we got to go to break. You're going crazy, but who would you start? I would start Baron Morton. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, it's faster. He's a faster technician. It's more decisive. It's even when he makes a mistake throwing, it was a checking to a pass and he didn't, his wide receiver didn't get the, the signal. Right. That, that was the, the thing. He Which thought it was a run. Speaking of the wide receiver, Moek, what has happened to him? You're right. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I'm just saying, if you're going to be an offensive coordinator who you're going to give your quarterback the ability to check out a plays, I'd rather have Baron Morton getting crazy and checking out yeah. of stuff and going for it than somebody who's checking out of stuff and can't really, doesn't have the confidence to execute what he's checking into. Yeah. That bugs the crap out of me, so that's why I'd go with Baron Morton. All right, well, we could go all show about the Let's quarterback no, position. <laughs> I know, really, yeah. So, all right, coming up next, we're going to do some uh, rock and research. We've got Dwight Wallace. He's, the former, he's a former coach uh, for West Virginia, not a head coach, but a former coach for West Virginia and an analyst for the Mountaineers. He joins us to talk about today's game. That is next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Rockin' Research. All right, we are now joined by a former football coach for Ball State, Colorado, Central Michigan, and more with more than six decades of experience. He brings weekly to a West Virginia football broadcast. We welcome to the Rockin' Pregame the West Virginia analyst, Dwight Wallace. How's everybody in Lubbock? Anxious to get this game on. Yeah, man, we're, we're doing good. We're ready for some football today. And, Dwight, you have experience as a quarterback for Bowling Green, and uh, you coached Major Harris. What do you see from the West Virginia and Texas Tech quarterbacks that you think will make today's game interesting? Well, I certainly like your guy. I think, uh, you know, he's got the he's a mobile guy, so he can run and throw. And I've always liked that in a quarterback. And uh, so I do think that uh, that's a – that's a real key factor. We, of course, are a little banged up uh, with the West Virginia guys. We're not sure where Garrett Green is right now. He got an ankle injury in that last game, and and uh, so they're kind of being a little closed mouth at this stage with that. We've got uh, Nico. is uh, uh, He's a freshman that uh, has some playing time, a red shirt. And a highly recruited kid out of Arizona has some potential, I think. So uh, both those kids are mobile as well. Uh, Green has uh, excellent speed. So he's a guy that uh, really is strong if he gets out on the perimeter when he's healthy. But I'm not sure he's going to be healthy for this game. Well, the Mountaineers had problems last year versus Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford junior what changes has neil brown made with frazier yates and nestor all back this year well i think uh just being a year older is helpful uh and uh they kind of like that group they they were uh i think you probably had a chance to look at the penn state film and that's going against some pretty good folks there but they were still able to run run the ball pretty well against that good defense at penn state so i think they feel that it's a it's a year older and uh, just a uh, year better. They're, they're, I think the chemistry's good. 
And uh, so I think from that standpoint, they, uh, they, so far, they, they've lived up to the billing. They, that's something that I know Coach Brown's talked about, the offensive line and the running back room, those two things. So I think uh, being able to run the ball is really important. And so that'll be a real test, I think, uh, playing you guys on Saturday. How does C.J. Donaldson Jr.'s uh, running changed what used to be an air raid more into a ground-and-pound offense, averaging 5.3 yards on first down? Yeah, he's a kid that was recruited as a tight end, and he came in. He had played, I think he played some receiver in high school, but he's a big kid. He's 240 pounds. Hmm. And uh, uh, just when they got him on campus, they stuck him in a running back. We were running uh, low on numbers of running backs, so they gave him a shot. And uh, he's never looked back. He got banged up last year, so that was a real, uh, that was really tough on us. Because uh, he's a guy I think they really wanted to get get going last year and help balance the offense up. I think uh, they wanted to throw the ball, but they liked having him in there uh, for the run part of it. Uh, as you said, he has gotten off to a good start this year, and. And I think running behind that offensive line, that's been right now a pretty good thing for us. Probably what they're going to try to hang their hat, I would think, uh, with the run game, play action pass, and so forth. Well, I think his strength. And uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. But at 240 pounds, you know, that's, uh, that's a tough guy to, to tackle in short yardage situations. And they did get him going pretty good on the perimeter last week, too. So... He's running the stretch play well, and uh, so uh, he's a good factor on the goal line. All right, he is the analyst for the West Virginia Mountaineers, Dwight Wallace, joining us on the Rocket pregame today. So, Dwight, how does the Mountaineers? Uh, how do the Mountaineers avoid the letdown after winning the backyard brawl versus Pitt last week? Well, I I, I just get the feeling that we're a team that's a work in progress. Uh, we lost quite a few players at key positions from last year's team. And I do think that uh, this team, we're still trying to find identity. I mean, just as you and I have been talking, I think with the, uh, the offensive line, we've got uh, you know, some good experience there and a, a decent running back room. But in every place else, we're kind of trying to find an identity. We lost a lot of our key receivers last year. and In fact, we had a young guy uh, caught three touchdown passes the other day that was a walk-on and earned a scholarship after catching three touchdown passes uh, by the name of Clement. But uh, we do have the uh, uh, same thing defensively in our secondary. and uh, We do have some uh, solid people back in our linebackers, but we're trying a few new people up front defensively. So, like I say, I think a work in progress at a lot of positions for us this year, but at this point. Well, the hot seat has Neil Brown's name permanently engraved on it. What does he have to do this year to get him off the hot seat? Well, I think he did one thing by beating Pitt. I think that's important. It goes a long way for the people in Morgantown. Uh, that, that's the key game. And uh, it was a lot of fun uh, just, just getting that win under the belt uh, last week. So uh, then hopefully, you know, if we can do well in the Big 12, uh, but they like him. You know, I don't think most of the hot seat talk comes on a national scale, not so much locally. Uh, they People seem to like Neil Brown, and I think they're all pulling for him. They're hoping like heck he can have a good year this year. 
Other than quarterback Garrett Green, what other injuries are key for the Mountaineers? Well, uh, you know, they don't talk a lot about injuries, but I think we're pretty healthy coming into this. Uh, trying to think. Yeah, I, I would say that's about it. Uh, you know, uh, C.J. Donaldson got a little bit uh, bumped up in uh, the Penn State game, but he came right back and has been fine since then. And uh, But other than that, I think we're pretty healthy. All right, so uh, what are the keys to this afternoon's game in your mind? Well, I think uh, avoiding turnovers is going to be real important. I think uh, trying to, if we get some pressure on Texas Tech passing game, I think that's real key for us. And then protecting uh, our passer on the other side, and that's one area that uh, you guys are kind of known for. You know, you've been, you're fast, you've been really good when it comes to back in the quarterback and TFL. So I think uh, that's going to be, again, another test for uh, our people and protections. And uh, but then also your extending drives, uh, you've got kind of a notice, your notice for your fourth down uh, tendency to go for it on fourth down, keep those drives going. So our short yardage will be tested as well. We do have a pretty good stat on red, red zone touchdowns. We're pretty good there, so we'll see if we can keep that up. That's always a key area, I think, in the Big 12 Conference. If you get down that red zone, uh, turning those uh, those scoring opportunities into touchdowns, not settling for field goals. So I think that might be one of the key areas. Standout quarterback DB and captain for the Bowling Green Falcons. Now calling football, Dwight Wallace. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. I'm glad to be with you guys. All right, uh, good stuff there. And uh, Texas Tech, West Virginia, 2.30 this afternoon from Morgantown. Uh, if you're looking for a place to watch some college football today, let me just say, you know, we're above us 33. There are TVs everywhere, and I'm sitting here just, just in the main bar area where we are. There are 15 TVs. That's just, that's just this section here. So, I mean, we've got SMU, TCU going. We've got OU and Cincinnati. Cincinnati. we got... Florida State, Clemson. We got the A and M game going on. Yeah, I know exactly. We got we got uh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and uh, I think we've got uh, Northern Illinois and Tulsa going on right now. And there's one uh, down at the end. I'm, I think it's Sy- the Syracuse game is on as well. But no, there's there's lots of games on. So if you love college football as much as we do, and you're just looking for a place to come hang out today, watch all the games, keep up with them all, cold have beverages. some great food, cold beverages. I mean, Bubba's 33 is the place. So. Uh, Get by here today, man. You will not be sorry. When we come back here, what does Red Raider offense have to do versus West Virginia today? Uh, you know, what do they got to do? What is that uh, to be successful and secure the victory? We'll break that down next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Gandy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. Let's take a look at the top 25. Michigan started out in a dogfight with Rutgers but have pulled away in the second half with a touchdown right now, 24 to seven, 431 left in the third quarter. Florida State was down 17 to seven. They have come back to tie the game and they have the ball and driving versus Clemson. Oklahoma, number 16, 10 to three versus Cincinnati and Cincinnati is driving. Coming up later this afternoon, Colorado, number 19, versus number 10, Oregon. Number 22, UCLA, versus number 11, Utah. Number 15, Old Miss, versus number 13, Alabama. 
Number 18, Duke versus UConn. Number 20, Miami versus Temple. UTSA takes on number 23, Tennessee. Arkansas versus number 12, LSU. The big game in the West Coast, number 14, Oregon State, taking on number 21, Washington State. And then Charlotte versus Florida, UAB versus Georgia, Texas versus Baylor. Another big game on NBC, number six, Ohio State, taking on number nine, Notre Dame in Notre Dame. And then number 24, Iowa, taking on number seven, Penn State. Red Raider offense. All right, so uh, Texas Tech, West Virginia today open up Big 12 play. They're in Morgantown, 2.30 kickoff. What does Texas Tech have to do today offensively? Uh, you know, keys to the game for Tech offensively against West Virginia. Man, I would like to see them continue to establish Taj Brooks. He's had some of his best games against West Virginia. Even as a freshman, due to injury, there was a drive late in the fourth quarter, what, three years ago, where they fed him the rock like six times in a row. And he sealed the victory. Last year, he had a monster game as well against West Virginia. He's coming off. Of, finally, they fed him the ball. He had 19 carries last week. Uh, career best, 100, uh, over 150 yards. Get you have the you have the workhorse. You have the beast. Feed him, you know. And then I, I don't think you have to worry on the other side of the ball. I know we're talking offense, but about an explosive West Virginia offense and their backup quarterback. So it's not like you're going to have to score a ton of points to stay up with them. It, take care of the football. You can't. You can't turn the ball over four times like you did against Oregon, especially on the road, and expect to get out of Morgantown with the victory. So, I, now West Virginia's defensive front, it's pretty strong, it's pretty stout. Secondary, not so much. So that kind of goes against establishing Taj. But I think if you could establish Taj to where they're really having to, to worry about him, and then hit him with some RPO action, play action, some of that stuff, I think you could get enough explosive plays, no matter who the quarterback is to get out of Morgantown with the win. So with uh, Tech's offensive line being still a little bit yeah. uh, little questionable, a little iffy to establish a run game against a good defensive line, I guess it also, you know, you, you really need to get out there and be able to pass the ball, too, to maybe loosen up Absolutely. the box a little bit yeah. to make them respect the, the, the pass more, and maybe that could open up the, uh, the run game a little bit more, even with a suspect offensive line. It's probably how Kitley looks at it. <laughs> <laughs> pass to set up the run the other way around. I just... I would like some favorable matchups in the passing game because of, the, I guess, the more traditional. But I think you bring up a good point that maybe you could do it the other way. Yeah. It's just a lot of times I think they're going to get to the line and then just look and see what defense they're facing. Like Kingsbury was saying, are you going to have a single high where, hey, maybe air it out, see if you can get Bradley singled up yeah. on the outside. Or if uh, you know they have two back and they're playing to keep everything in front and see if they can compete with less guys in the box. You know, go to Taj. That's probably how it's going to go, more than likely. Well, and hopefully, and I like that, you know, they've been utilizing uh, Mason Tharp, uh, you know, uh, more this year, and I have liked seeing some of that time. Yeah. He's such a great weapon. I mean, he's got 6'9". How do you cover that? That's been good. Um, but some of the guys on offense, I think, have been a little bit, it's just been weird to me. It's like Lloyd Fonji hadn't really done a whole lot. Nothing. Miles Price has been inconsistent. There are lots of drops and stuff. And yeah. he's when he's on, he's really good, but you just don't really know what guy you're going to get. The drops are disappointing to me because he has good hands. I mean, he wouldn't be one of your primary punt returners if that right. wasn't the case. You know, uh, He's made some big plays in his career, but he just hasn't been a consistent player for you, right. whether it be injury or now drops. You just would like to see him be that consistent guy at, out of the slot for it, and you just haven't seen it. 
So if you were going to, before we wrap up the offensive segment here, if you're going to pick the one guy on the Texas Tech offense who, who you think at the end of the day we're going to go, wow, had a great game today. That was, that was key. Who do, you, who do you think it ends up being? Well, other than, Brad, uh, other than uh, Taj Brooks, I'm going to go with Jaron Bradley. I think you might get some opportunities uh, singled up, and I, I think he's, he's one of your top three or four players in terms of talent on the roster. All right. Well, uh, so well. Hopefully, uh, they they can move the ball and they can figure out that run game. And man, it'd be nice to just get it all going today, you know, and have some good quarterback play. And I know that uh, McGuire and Kitley both want to avoid any kind of crazy ongoing quarterback controversy. So hopefully, Chuck comes out and gets the job done. And we'll we'll see how how it plays out today. Uh, coming up next here, certainly going to talk about the Red Raider defense. Same thing. Keys to the game for the Red Raider defense. What do they need to do? to stop the Mountaineers who uh, offensively have uh, question marks of their own, whether or not they're, uh, you know, it looks like their starting quarterback is questionable for the game, probably doesn't look like he's going to be playing. So uh, what does the Red Raider defense have to do today in Morgantown to secure a victory? So we'll uh, break that down. Coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Gandy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. On the scoreboard, number 16, Oklahoma, 10-6 and driving into Cincinnati territory. 8-22 left in the third. Three, third quarter, 27-10. TCU now with a touchdown to extend their lead, 154 left in the third. Later on today, BYU facing Kansas. Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Sam Houston taking on Houston, number three, Texas, going into McLean Stadium for one last ride with Baylor. UCF going for the first time into Bill Snyder Family Stadium to take care of UCF and Kansas State. And your Red Raiders taking on West Virginia in Morgantown. Coming up on 2.30. Coming up next, time to talk the defense here on the Red Raider Outfit of Rocket Pregame, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Red Raider Defense. All right, well, if you're just joining us, we just got finished breaking down the Red Raider offense and what the keys to the game were for the offense uh, today for Texas Tech to secure a victory there against the Mountaineers in Morgantown. But now the defense. Um, What does the Red Raider defense need to do to stop the Mountaineers, who probably, I mean, offensively, they, they've, you know, they got some issues today with the starting quarterback being injured. Probably it doesn't appear he's going to be playing today, um, but uh, they, they certainly have struggled some on offense. They have, but they're 2-1. and one. They did enough last week to win, and uh, they are, the, the whole storyline is ground and pound. Um, you know, I think earlier, you know, we talked about Five point three yards per carry on yeah. first down per rush. I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's good, you know. I, and I think that's the key. I think Texas Tech has to win first down, get them in. I think actually we talked with the defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter uh, earlier in the week, and he said last year the recipe for success was they won first down, it got them in some second and third and long situations, and then you know they were able to pass rush. Now will Tech be able to pa- you know have a consistent pass rush today? That's a real question. But we also talked with Coach Ruger about just overall what he's been happy with and, and what they still need to work on. I was, I was happy with how we started the football game. Uh, you know, three straight series of three and out. We went into the game knowing that they were going to take some shots. And I thought uh, uh, their vertical passing game, our corners did a really nice job of 
kind of taken that away from them. Uh, we played the run well early uh, in the first half. I think they had 13 carries for about 45 yards, and that included a 25-yard run that we we blew the call and we didn't run the defense, and we've got to communicate better on that. But uh, as the game went on, we got a little sloppier. We were getting more and more guys in the game, and uh, you know, give them credit. They're they're good offense, and and they got a lot of pride. They kept playing hard, but. And uh, we just didn't fit some things as well as we should have. And what do you think that you need to work on uh, against the tight ends since they've been showing success with Wyoming, Oregon, and then some of the underneath uh, plays versus Tarleton? Well, I think you've got to have an awareness in the underneath coverage of where the numbers are. Uh, we didn't do that all the time on, on Saturday. Um, you know everything we base off of numbers, and if you've got to be inside of number three and two and three switch, you got to figure out where that number is, and uh, it, it's something that that's uh, you know going to be fixed, and we just got to keep emphasizing. Then we also asked Coach Drew about what the defense needs to do heading into Big 12 play. Uh, I think we're getting more consistent. Um, we're still having some mental errors uh, that we've got to eliminate. Um, we're eliminating a lot of the bad football plays that, that we had uh, that first week where we had some, you know, we had a personal foul. We had a late hit on, on a sideline that, you know, we, we coached up our guys better. Um, some of those things we, we've done a better job of. I think we're doing a much better job than a year ago uh, of keeping the ball in front of us. Um, you know, Troy ran by us in the Oregon game, uh, you know, but that's the only – Play. I remember where a guy on a, on a you know vertical route you know got behind our defense uh, that we you know ended up paying for. We had, we had a busted coverage in the Wyoming game that you know Tyler bailed us out on one. But uh, um, we've got to just play cleaner. You know, once you get into conference play, particularly on the road, you got to play great defense. Um, we're going to go into tough environments, West Virginia. Morgantown, I, you know, I've coached there, you know, in the past, and that's that's a tough environment. They do a great job in there uh, with the support of their their uh, people. I'm glad it's a day game, not a night game, um, for for a couple of different reasons. Um, but we're we're looking forward to a great great uh, you know competitor in West Virginia, a well coached team that's you know they play it a little bit uh, dirty and nasty, which we like. I mean, it's going to be a physical ball game. They're going to try to impose their will in the run game and. We're going to see if we can, you know, impose ours on them and see if we can stop them. Isn't it interesting, though, you know, West Virginia, Tuscaloosa, they play, you know, nasty and dirty. What is it about West Virginia? It seems like because basketball, they have baseball that same. Too. Yeah, they, they just have that same, that same mindset. They, they play, uh, they're always a tough, 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 tough out. Yeah. And when I, I think at least once, if not twice, that the, the baseball teams come to Lubbock, there's been almost like, you know, Bench clearing brawls, you know. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. Actually, West Virginia, despite you know the obvious geography difference, yeah, their fan base, their culture reminds me a lot of West Texas right. and and Texas Tech fans. Yeah. I mean, they're very similar. If you look at, I mean, like UT and Tech, might as well be different planets. You know, the area and the fan bases. <laughs> right. You know, Oklahoma too. I mean, it's just different. Uh, TCU, give me a break. You know, right. I mean, that's. That's a very different culture than West Texas and Texas Tech. I just Baylor, same thing. That's well, it's like home. Oklahoma State probably is a little more Oklahoma akin State's to Texas close. Tech. Yeah, I think, I think with Oklahoma the fan State, bases. West yeah. Virginia, Texas Tech, they're yeah. all kind of. Maybe you can even throw Iowa State in there, too, right? You know, right. but yeah. you know, I, there's just something about a uh, hardworking, blue collar, 
Right. Uh, we are where we are. Got a what chip you, on what your you shoulder. see is what you get. Yeah. yeah, and a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. All they have, all, the two fan bases have, all, and programs have all that in common. Hey, do you think it's uh, it, it's interesting because you know, like when Neil Brown was the offensive coordinator at Tech under Tuberville, you know, they ran that NASCAR thing, and it was a lot of heavy passing and fast paced and all. Yeah. It, it doesn't really doesn't feel like it, as a casual observer of West Virginia football, but it doesn't seem like Neil Brown really is that guy at West Virginia anymore. Is that just because maybe his philosophy was different and Tuberville wanted him to do that? Or do you think that is he just playing to his uh, the talent on his team? Or is is that in any way surprising to you? It is surprising to me. I, I for one, think football is typical, just like a lot of things in life, in that there was a time when spread it out and throw the ball over the yard, I think was you know, like was a way for like a Texas Tech could compete with OU and UT and right, like that. Yeah. Now everybody does that, and the defensive personnel is is has been like recruited and utilized in that manner to defend that. Yeah. So now go to a grounded pound. I mean, you still got to spread the defense out, so you're still going to be in that formation, but mean be more of a power running team and then hit them over the top as opposed to like a traditional air raid. And I right. think. I don't know this, but that's my that's what I'm observing. He's like, this is what we should do. Yeah, is that that's because uh, back in the day, like say late '90s, we had like 280 pound middle linebackers. Now those guys are like 225 pounds. You know, yeah. 240 tops. You know, right. and can run like deer because they got to play in space as opposed to playing in the box. So right. now you can take advantage of the lighter guys at, at, at linebacker as opposed to. Running the bigger linebacker. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. I hope but, I'm explaining that, that no, right. No, you line. are because, I th- and I think that's what's fascinating about football is, is the is the way it ebbs and flows. That yeah. Defenses start having to make adjustments to offenses, and and then it just always it goes to one side. Yep. The pendulum just swings back and forth, you know, based on what is you know what and you're having to defend. Right now, yeah. the pendulum is swung to where the defense has more of an advantage. Now the game's set up for the for off, offense to have an advantage, but I mean, just in terms of the defense's match personnel. The schemes have matched the offensive personnel. Now it's time for something else, and I don't know what we haven't seen it yet. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you almost like run like a wishbone and tear up a, a, a like a uh, a much better team, yeah. a much more a much more talented team on the other side, right. just by your scheme. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And, I, I, and that's my hunch, and that Neil Brown has looked at it. Smart guy. Uh, my my bud, uh, Mighty Joe Yeager. Love Neil Brown. I thought he was really smart, despite his lack, lack of success as right. offensive coordinator here. Uh, and I, so it wouldn't surprise me if he looked at it and said, "Hey, you know, this is what we should go to now, as yeah. opposed to the traditional area." Yeah, not just stubbornly sticking with something because right. he always did it. Yeah, right. that's that's interesting. All right, intern boy, uh, if, what, what, <laughs> what are you what are you looking at? To keys to the game today for Texas Tech on defense to stop the Mountaineers. Well, I think Tech comes in with a good matchup because. Backup quarterback for West Virginia, um, Donaldson Jr., their running back, got a stinger earlier this week. He's I I banged up. I don't know if he'll end up suiting up. If Regardless if he does, maybe not 100% healthy. <clears throat> He's had 50 carries through three games. That's something maybe could have contributed to the stinger, but just workhorse. So as a backup quarterback, you would like to have had a running back. You can maybe fall to that. It doesn't look like that might be all the way there today. Um, they're quarterback more calling through nine passes against Pitt. It was a game where he didn't really have to do too much, kind of just dependent on the run game. You would like to think Tech's offense can score enough points where they're going to have to put it in his hands, and 
Um, every week, um, Tim Reuters would like to see our pass rush lanes get open better against Wyoming and against Oregon. They both killed us on, you know, your third and eights, your third and nines, and scramble. I remember it was like a third and 13 Bo Nix got against us. That um, if, if, you know, Steve Linton, if those guys can just fill the lanes and just not allow these uh, – He's just broken quarterback runs and keep the drive alive, especially with the back of quarterback. You just you want to make him struggle as much as possible in a hostile team like um, Tech. So yeah. that's probably my key. Uh, and then, you know, I think our offense can do the job where it's in his hands and the defense can come up to play today and like they did last week, then I I, th- I think would have really good success. It's interesting you bring up Steve Linton because he's that, he's that guy that going into the season – all these great things were said. Everybody had, I mean, just thought he was going to be the man. And he's he's underwhelmed so far. But McGuire has even kind of kind of called him out a little bit on, you know, needing to see more from yeah. him. So you wonder if, uh, you know, it would be nice for him to come out and have a, a, a great game today and really make a, a major impact, you know. Or maybe they turn the page and they're going to somebody else too. Right. You know what I mean? Like he, true, talked, yeah. he said in the press, I mean, I agree with you. He has called him out. But. I'm just saying they may be like, we can't wait before to wait for him. I mean, yeah. eight, eight tackles, right? Yeah. In yeah. three games. Yeah, how long can you wait? You <laughs> can't wait, you know? Right. And uh, I, he, McGuire even mentioned him possibly playing more on special teams. Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds like a, a devotion. It's yeah. either that or it's like he's trying to get him more seasoning or something. I, I don't know. You know, he, he, McGuire's always going to take up for his players, and I, I right. respect that. But, I mean, at some point, somebody has to step in there and get the job done. And, you know, they have some young guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how it plays out today. Kickoff 2.30 today. And uh, coming up next, we talk with former Red Raider Bart Thomas here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. It's the Rockin' Interview. All right, we are joined by a former Texas Tech football standout. He almost was a quarterback at Air Force, believe it or not, and a fighter pilot. Wow, what a story. Instead, he and his brother became the first brothers to be consensus all-Southwest Conference picks in the 83-year history of the conference. And we welcome to the Rock and Pregame former Red Raider safety, Bart Thomas. How you guys doing? Man, Bart, uh, we're, we're doing great today. And, you know, what are your thoughts on Joey McGuire and the current Red Raiders. I think it's pretty consensus that uh, that people love him. So he's been he he's just brings a lot of fire to the program that we've kind of missed for a little bit. And, and he has and he just has such a you know his contact with the high schools in Texas is so huge. I think that's a big reason for his success early last year. And, and uh, even though they started a little bit uh, iffy this year, I think he's going to get everything back on track. And it's still real early, so I think they're. They're poised to do well. So, Bart, what's your favorite memory as a Red Raider? Oh, mine. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of different different things that were fun. I, you know, getting to play with my brother, you know, for a couple of years was really was really fun on the defense, and that was that was a big deal for us and our family and our little towns were from, and and uh, so that was that was kind of my highlight, just us getting to do that together. Hey, Bart, how did a pickup game at Air Force change your path to being a Red Raider forever? And how did Spike Dykes' faith in, in you make your recruitment to Texas Tech easy? Well, you know, I was, they offered me uh, out of high school, and and uh, I was, it was Texas offered me too, but they wanted me to play defensive back there, so I I wanted to play quarterback. And I was from a wing T program, so um, I didn't have a lot of options. On they hadn't seen me pass that much, and so I I went to Air Force, and, and uh, they had a guy named D Dallas that was I think he got third or fourth in the Heisman voting. You know my senior year and he was going to be a senior and uh 
I just really enjoyed that guy. I had a great coach named Charlie Weatherby there. And, and so I went there and tore my ACL with the, about a week left before school started. And so I was able to, to come back and get operated on. And uh, they, they let me out of my commitment. And, and then Spike, was he called me in the hospital and, and offered me again in the hospital. And I just thought that was a heck of a deal and a lot of loyalty. So I committed to him. Man, as the uh, that's a great story, by the way. As yeah. the new facilities go up, what are your thoughts as you compare what you had when you played there uh, to what players have today at Tech? Yeah, that's right. Zach and I were talking about that. He was just in town shooting a Hager commercial here in Dallas. We went to dinner a couple nights ago, and that was a big topic we had. We were cracking up. We uh, we were talking about our how all of our stuff, you know, was just not not comparable to what they have today. And I remember Spike had to. We had these big heavy pony shoes that we had to wear and Apex shoes that we had to wear and uh, because he, he wanted to deal with the, uh, with the companies themselves, you know. So, so it was, I mean, he, he, had to, he had a lot tougher time bringing in those than, than they do nowadays. These guys are doing a great job fundraising and, and the program just gets better and better. And so I, I love what they've done up there. It's pretty neat to go back and see all those neat facilities. As you see the Red Raiders play this year, what potential do you see them as the future leader of the team of the uh, Big 12? I darn sure think they can they can take over this deal as long as they keep Coach McGuire there and and uh, he's you know he's, he's he's just starting and so you know what he did last year was was really uh, big time to me. I don't think you just see that in a guy's first year to go win a big bowl game and have a great season. Um, I think that they're just going to get better and better and. Uh, my cousin, my, I'm sorry, my nephew, he plays for Arizona, so he'll be in the Big 12 next year, so we get to go watch him against the Red Raiders. He, he plays safety there. And that's what my wife and I do every weekend. We're heading to Fayetteville tomorrow to watch LSU. My other nephew plays for LSU, so, so we got to watch We watch them every other weekend, and, and then we try to get to Tech when we can. So, so uh, we've, we've kind of got three teams we're rooting for now. So. Well, we always find it interesting as former players that if they could have played in the NIL era, what NIL deal would they want want to have had? <laughs> I don't even know. It, it was so off the radar back then that, that, you know, we were scared that if anyone came around with any bit of money or saying they'd do something for us, Spike <laughs> gave us speeches about every other week about, you know, don't fall for this or that. Stay away from guys that are trying to give things to you. And, you know, it, it, was just, it wasn't even on our mind. I think today... If, if they offered us something, I mean, like any other kid, you can't blame them for wanting to take as much as they can get. And uh, um, I, the only thing I worry about is certain players getting so much more than others. You know, I think Tech does a really good job, uh, Cody Campbell and that bunch, of, of uh, setting up the, the distributions to all the kids fairly evenly and kind of including everybody. I know a lot of colleges, they, some players get so much more than others. I think that would cause dissension. And so... I think the setup at Tech is really good right now. I think they've done a good job with that. All right, he was a safety for the Red Raiders back in the day. Bart Thomas with us on the Rockin' pregame. And, Bart, how do you see today's game versus West Virginia? Well, I see I see Tech coming out and, and being hungry. You know, they started out a couple of close ones, and, and uh, a lot of times, you know, with an with average coach, you know, sometimes you'll have a letdown. I think these kids are going to get up every week because of Coach McGuire, and he's going to, He's going to really ask a lot of them, and I think they're going to produce. And so, I, his fire is, is what I like. I know that they come out and they play hard every week. And even seeing that last year, the games they lost, they, they played hard from beginning to end, and that's what we weren't used to for quite a while. So, 
So it's really good to see what he's done for the program. Bart, what's your best Zach story? Come on, don't hold it back. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I've, I've got some that I probably can't tell on the air. <laughs> but, uh, I think uh, maybe his best story. I mean, there's so many. I mean, just him getting run over as a little kid, and really, you know, he shouldn't shouldn't even be around today. Uh, we had he had a wreck when I was a senior in high school. We were going to work out the gym, and he flipped his flipped the car and rolled it three times out in the ditch, and. Uh, they threw him out in the field, and and he walked out of that like <laughs> just real sore. And I mean, it's, he's had so many near-death experiences; it's a miracle he's here. So I, I just uh, those are kind of the stories that I think about as far as his success that he's had and the things he's accomplished. That a lot of that could have ended at any time, you know, numerous times when we were growing up. And you know, he's he's survived them all. So, well, what's your best Spike Dyke story? <laughs> Well, the Spike Dyke stories are numerous, but uh, I always liked every year we played the University of Texas. Dyke, Coach Dyke had the exact same thing. He'd come into the team meeting room, and, and the first thing he'd say, he'd look at all of us, and he'd say, guys, this is what he said every single year. And uh, the guys that hadn't been there thought it was funny, but the guys that had been there, their fourth-year senior, fifth-year seniors, they knew it was coming. We kind of mouthed it when he'd say it. He'd always say, I swear we can beat these guys. We can beat these guys. I swear on a, a stack of Bibles, a show dog can't jump over. <laughs> so, that, was, that was kind of a funny comment. kind of a funny comment. He, but he made it every single year at that game. And so he had a different comment, different thing for each game. It was pretty common. Well, other than uh, Zach's club, what are you doing now? You know, I, I pretty much we chase those nephews now to all their games until they're going to be done. I've got a niece that's going to LSU going to play volleyball there so but we're just chasing these kids all the time and and i have some multi-family properties and things like that that i do and and uh but i've slowed down enough and kind of set it up where i can go see all these uh nephews and nieces and got grand potential grandkids on the way and, and uh so we're we kind of try to set things up where we can spend time with them so so everything's been gone well so we we're very fortunate Former Red Raider standout business owner and can still take his little brother, Bart Thomas. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, It's always fun to hear from former Red Raiders and always like a good uh, Spike Dyke story, too. You know, it's you can hear it. Yeah, show dog over a stack of Bibles. I mean, you, just, you can just hear him saying it, man. It's just, I, uh, I love, always love the recruiting stories. You know, right, it's always right. something that's that's yeah, from that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. All right, we come back here as we get ready for Texas Tech and West Virginia today in the Big 12 opener for Tech on the road in Morgantown. Uh, the, the game kicks off around 2.30, by the way. But uh, we're going to rock or roll. We've got some uh, statistics. Sean always goes through. He's the statistical guru here on the Rock and Pregame and uh, sets some numbers on certain statistics, and then you got to decide, do you think it's that number or higher, or is it lower than that? It is rock or roll. It's extremely complicated rules, but... Uh, it's really not. Just only, only, to <laughs> only, frisky, for Pete. only to Frisky Pete. <laughs> Pete's under the weather, not with us today, so we uh, wish better, him the Pete. best. Yeah, I hope he's uh, back with picks, us next though. week. So you do have his picks? Okay. All right, so uh, we'll rock or roll. we still got some predictions coming up and the final word as we get ready for the game today. It's the Red Raider Outfit of Rock and Pregame, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Gandy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. 6.57 left in the fourth quarter. Michigan rolling over Rutgers 31-7. Tight game. Clemson, Florida State, number four, 24-24. 
11.08 left in the fourth, and Oklahoma just got a field goal to pad their lead 22-6, 10.59 left in the fourth. Big games coming up today on ABC, 2.30, number 19, Colorado, at Eugene for number 10, Oregon. Number 22, UCLA, goes to number 11, Utah, number 15, Ole Miss. Trying to help Alabama bounce back. They're number 13. And then later on this evening, you've got Oregon State and Washington State, as well as the Red Raiders. It is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Free Game, live from Bobas 33 on Rock 101.1. It's time to, you know, and... I know, Troy. Rock and roll is the cornerstone of the show, especially after eight years. <clears throat> you were saying? Even I know that if you rock, it's the number Sean sets it at or higher. And if you roll, it's lower. It's time to... Rock or roll. All right, here we go. Let's get right to it. Intern boy, you're uh, taking the place of Pete today, who's a little under the weather for us. But uh, here we go. Let's start off with Texas Tech points today in this game. At, and I guess this is based on the average, but 3467 uh, rock or roll, intern boy? Uh, I'm going to say roll. I think that's actually kind of a lot of points against a team like West Virginia that's going to run the ball enough to keep Tech uh, off the side of the offense. All right. Yes, Jared? roll. I agree. All right. Uh, next, Texas Tech pass yards at 271.67. Uh, I'm going to say rock. Uh, I think uh, we're going to be throwing the ball like those, what you were saying earlier, Jared, the deep play actions, and we can get it going with Taj, so rock. I'm going to roll, but not by much. I think Tech goes for around 250, 260. So that's a pretty good number from Sean. All right. Uh, yards per play for Texas Tech today, 5.9 yards per play. I'm going to go roll. I think that's that's actually, if we could average that, that that'd be awesome. But I'm going to say roll. Jared. Hmm. I'm going to rock. Okay. All right. Not by much, though. He Sean did a good a job. Rock. All right. Uh, <laughs> penalties. At five and a half penalties today, intern boy. Mm, I'm a rock. Jared. Yeah, I think they have more penalties on the road. Than yeah, that. I think that's safe. Uh, red zone touchdowns, Texas Tech at plus 4.3. Plus 4.3? What, what does this mean? It, what are you saying? They will have four, four, four red zone touchdowns. So it's not really plus a plus, you're just saying yeah, the four, number. Four. Okay, so it's 4.3. Red. Four four? Yeah. 4.3. So, so, so if we rock, it's five reds on touchdowns. Yes. All right, I'm going to say roll. Yeah, I'm going to roll too. Okay. I know sometimes the math gets very complicated here on the show. All right, let's move over to the West Virginia side of things. West Virginia pass completion percentage at 55.71. That's a really low number. I think we'll be close to that, but I, I just think he's going to struggle. I think he's going to be in a situation he's uncomfortable with. Back of quarterback, I'm going to say roll. I'm going to rock because I think Tech's linebackers is not. They have not done a good job of covering running backs and tight ends. I think that's where they're going to focus on their passing game, and I think he'll complete more than 50. So you think well, that's like a low short, number, like short range short, passes? Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's some true. underneath stuff. All right. Donaldson Jr. rush yards at 79.67. Are we for sure he's playing? That's a good question. I mean, that's something to factor in there. From from what I'm seeing is, yes, he is playing. So he's at least suited up? All right. I'm going to say roll. Won't be 100%. I'm going to rock. That's what they want to do. I think he may not get 100, but I think he, he might get over 80. Okay. All right. Uh, I like we got some uh, yeah, some, some differences here like today. This is one good. In, one in nine when I come back next week. <laughs> All right. Or, or I will do it. 
Hudson, average catch yards, 31.17 average catch yards. What? Average yards per catch. Roll. Roll. Hmm. We'd be right. in trouble. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll have one catch for 34 yards. Yeah, right. especially if they end up doing like what you're saying about a, a lot of underneath passing to take advantage of Texas linebacker stuff, and maybe they don't get a lot of long plays possibly. Too so. bad it's not Micah Hudson for Texas Tech already. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, West Virginia field, uh, is it field goals? Is field that goals. that is? Okay, well, one and a half. I'm going to say wrong. Okay. Fair. All right, that was easy. And then finally... Uh, yeah, I don't. How do you say this guy's last name? Lee Capoga? What? What? Capoga? He's got too many consonants in his. What is that? I don't even know, Sean. Poga. Poga. Oh, okay. It's a silent K. With a silent K. Right. Well, that's just unnecessary. All right. <laughs> Lee Poga tackles at three point six. Rocking. Rock. Okay. All right. He's one of their best players. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes good sense. All right. That is rock and roll for this week. Uh, we. Come, are we doing here? We come we're, back. We're come back with final predictions. Okay, final predictions for the Texas Tech game against West Virginia, which kicks off around two thirty. Got that next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame from Bubba's thirty three on Rock one hundred one point one. Time for the final word. All right, final word, man. It's just score predictions for today's game against Texas Tech as they open up the Big Twelve slate against West Virginia in Morgantown. And uh, intern boy, you go first. How about that? What do you think today? I'm going to go 31-13 for Tech. 31-13. All right. 24-20 Tech. I don't think it's going to be easy, but uh, I do think they get out of Morgantown with a much-needed victory. Yeah, I'm going to – I still think – you know, I'm I'm wavering uh, this year, but I will say Tech does get a victory today. I just think they're better than than West Virginia, but I do think it's going to be close. I got 28-24 Texas Tech. Sean, what do you got? Baron Martin throws two touchdown passes. Oh, Red Raiders win 28-17. <laughs> All right, and who's playing in the bowl game? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. All right, well, there you go. Hopefully it is a victory for the Red Raiders. And uh, thanks for listening today. It has been the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. This has been a presentation of Rock 101.1 Sports and Alpha Media USA.